welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer. Unshaken is a podcast of the Women of the Word Ministry of Christ the Word Church just outside of Toledo, Ohio. Unshaken deals with topics relevant to women and looks at what the Bible has to say about them. I'm so glad that you're joining me today for the episode called Faith Over Fear Part 2. Today we are continuing to listen in on the remaining portion of Cheryl Bailey's Faith Over Fear talk from the 2018 Regarding Him Conference held at Christ the Word Church. If you're joining me today for the first time, or if you haven't ever listened to the first part of her talk, you might want to go back and listen to that first. That is episode two of season one. My favorite books to read are biographies. I love to read about how people just like you and me live and overcome challenging situations. My favorite book of all time is The Hiding Place by Corey Ten Boom. If you haven't ever read it, you need to grab a copy and read it today. Aside from the Bible, it has had the most profound impact on my life of any book. I think I have read it probably four or five times. I know that's crazy. Corrie Ten Boom was a Dutch Christian watchmaker's daughter. She and her sister and her father hid Jews from the Nazis during World War II. Initially, she was caught and imprisoned at the Ravensbrück concentration camp. Her story weaves in and out of some really horrible situations. But she is a fantastic example of trusting God in the midst of terrible circumstances. Both her father and her sister died while at the camp. But amazingly, Corey was freed after a mistake with some paperwork. She had written many books, but The Hiding Place is her autobiography and my personal favorite. And one of my favorite quotes that she said is, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. That is exactly what Cheryl is speaking about in her talk today. She left us thinking about the verse from Isaiah 41, verse 10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So let's listen in as Cheryl continues to share on how we can live with faith in God over our fears. So our first point, faith rests in who God is. Fear reacts against what God is doing. Second, faith frees us to look through the circumstances, while fear freezes us in the circumstances. Do you remember Peter? He's the one that grabbed his sword and lopped off the servant's ear when they came to arrest Jesus. He's the one that when Mary came and told them that the Christ had risen, he ran to the tomb and he didn't just stop outside the tomb, he ran straight inside the tomb. Peter, he is the impulsive one. He's the one that probably drove his mother crazy. Now, here we find Peter as he recognizes that Jesus is not a ghost, but the Christ. And he yells through the storm, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus responds, come. I can just picture, picture Peter scrambling over the side of the boat, leaping onto the water and trying to run as fast as he can to, towards Jesus. Peter is in the midst of a miracle, and again we see the creation obeying its creator as the, the hydrogen and oxygen change their state. You know, I'm not very science-minded, but I believe that Peter is defying physics. 
You know, Peter, he believed Jesus' words and he walked out in faith. You realize that Jesus had not calmed the storm when Peter jumped over the edge of the boat. The waves were still beating against the side of the boat and probably against Peter. And what happens? In the midst of this storm, all of a sudden, Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus. And what happens? He begins to sink. Isn't this what happens to you and I? We're believing God. We're trusting him. And then the storm begins to rage in our life. And like Peter, we take our eyes off of Jesus and we put them on the circumstances and we freeze, unable to move. And in this frozen state, we actually begin to sink. The author of Hebrews helps us to understand how God defines faith. In chapter 11, he writes, Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now, I think that we could take this verse and add a word to it and come up with a pretty good definition for fear. We might say that fear is being not sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You realize both faith and fear involve circumstances. They both involve desire. They both look with a certainty of tomorrow. But fear has no hope. Only a certainty of tomorrow and a bad tomorrow. These fears, they paralyze us because we are so certain that something bad will happen in our life tomorrow that it causes us to freeze in the midst of life today. We actually fear turns us into the living dead. Every time fear comes into your heart, God is giving you an opportunity to put into action what you say you believe. God is giving you an opportunity to practice faith. But this doesn't just happen. It takes purposeful work on our part, calling ourselves to remember what we know to be true about who God is, calling ourselves to move forward, believing that God is who he says he is, calling ourselves to keep our eyes on Jesus when those waves are about ready to overtake us. Hebrews 11 begins with this definition of faith, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And it continues to give us examples of men and women who stepped out in faith when they could have allowed fear to freeze them. When the author gets to Moses, the man that God used to, to bring his, the Israelites out of Egypt, he says, it says, um, by faith he, Moses, left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. Both the faith-filled woman and the fear-filled woman, they have the same circumstances. They're often really scary. They're filled with unknown and sometimes real suffering. Yet the one living by faith looks through the circumstances to the one who is powerful, good, loving, trustworthy, faithful. We could go on and on and on. While the one who fears is frozen by what she is certain will come. When those situations that desire to freeze you hit, what is your response? 
Faith gives us a certainty of the unknown because we know the one who is invisible, Jesus Christ. And this allows us to look through the circumstances without fear. Years ago, I read a story, um, a, a book to my children called The Eyes of the Tailless Animal. It was the prison memoirs of Soon Ok Lee, a North Korean woman. She was not a believer at the time of her imprisonment, and she writes, By 1992, there were between 100 and 120 believers. Instead of denying their faith, they worked harder in silence and patience. They were often kicked and beaten by the officers who wanted them to deny their faith. But not one of them denied. They all kept their faith. Once a month, the believers were placed in the yard in front of all the prisoners and asked to deny their belief. The officers told them that if they did, they would receive a less difficult prison assignment. Since they would not deny their faith, they were given the most difficult work, such as removing the human excrement. Because I thought that they were merely superstitious, I decided that they must not be very intelligent. I asked myself, why do they suffer so much by believing in a heaven that doesn't exist? All they have to say is that they no longer believe. They must be crazy. I hated them because they believed in a heaven that I could not see. During the summer monsoon season, a team of six prisoners had to carry a ton of human excrement from the toilets to the large feces tank in the pouring rain. One day, the prisoners could not open the door of the tank, so a woman named O.K. Dan Lee climbed up onto the tank to open it. The tank was slippery because of the rain, so her feet slipped and she fell into the tank. As soon as the other prisoners saw her fall, they tried to rescue her. Because the tank was so deep, they needed a rope that they could lower to help, but they didn't have one. Instead, one of her friends came to her help. The woman climbed up into the tank to help her friend out of the tank, but the tank was still too high. Then another woman jumped in, and another. In all, four more women jumped into the tank to help their friends. Each of them tried to push the other up first. Then the officer said, close the door. The door was closed and the women were left in the tank. Human manure is so poisonous that exposure to it will kill in a short time. Later I learned that the four who had jumped in to save O.K. Dan were also Christians. They certainly expressed the love of their God. She continues to write, I could not understand their actions because I didn't know their God then. Although they were not permitted to talk to each other, they would die for one another. If another prisoner did something wrong, a Christian would take responsibility and then was beaten until she died. When I saw their love, it raised questions in my mind that I could not erase. How could they die for someone else? What was there about heaven that was worth the cost of death? You know, we often read stories of Christians who suffer in circumstances that would make us terrified. Christians who are full of faith. To the point of suffering greater danger sometimes for someone they might not even know. Why? Because their eyes are not fixed on the circumstances of life, but on God.
and on eternity lived with him in heaven. As long as I can look at the situation and think that I can deal with it, I won't fear. But you know, this is not living by faith. It is simply depending on myself and its sin. God is calling us to a faith that puts off wrong thinking about who he is and who we are. God is calling us to a faith that pursues holiness. So our third point is faith pursues holiness. Fear produces sin. Remember Peter, he began to sink. Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and he cries out, Lord, save me. Jesus could leave us in our state of panic, fear, and anxiety, but he responds to us, to our humble cry for help, and he reaches out his hand, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Jesus had showed Peter and the other disciples his power in numerous ways. He had taught them his word, and he told them who he is. He put them in this fearful situation, forcing them to depend on him and not think that it was their own abilities being able to say that, I got this. Peter had heard Jesus say, come, and yet his faith was still small, leading him to truly Doubt if Jesus had the power to, to, to hold him up in the midst of this storming sea. Is this you? It's me. You know, I began this morning telling you about my encounter with the woman at Cedar Point. I was able to say, I got this, because I was relying on my own strength and fortitude. This had been how I had handled much of life, and honestly, I handled it pretty well. But God is calling us to a faith that puts off this wrong thinking about who he is and who we are. We're to have a faith that pursues holiness. Remember, Jesus put the disciples in the boat. He put them in the storm, in the danger. And he is putting you in situations that are fearful, that bring anxiety into your life. And why is he doing that? He is seeking to give you opportunities for you to look to him and to trust him. Are you content with little faith? You know, Peter doubts that Jesus has the power to care for him. This is little faith. We live in a culture that bombards us with all kinds of lies. We hear that fear and worry and anxiety are natural. It's just who we are. It's a part of us. And you know, there's nothing wrong with being a worrier. But these are lies they lead us to doubt the truths of Scripture that declare who God is. These lies tell us not to fight against worry, to just embrace it. These lies lead us to live in fear. It's little faith. And you know, when we begin to believe these guys' lies, we are actually saying that God is a liar because he has told us who he is. And we are choosing not to believe it, so we are saying that he, in his word, has lied to us. If you want to live in faith, you got to get out of the boat. Accept the fearful things that God is putting in your life. They are moving you out of what is comfortable, out of what you can control, and they are making us look to God 
realizing that he is the one that is in control. I have learned over these last 10 years that faith is just not my willing myself not to fear because I got this. God is working to bring into my life situations to make me realize that faith is trusting God's got this. I have learned more about God. I have learned more about my sin and God's call for me to be holy. This means my trusting him in my circumstances. It means giving up my control and the fears that went along with it and not just me handling it. It meant me believing the promises of scripture that speak about who God is and obeying him even in the midst of our fears. We need to cast our fears, casting off our fears. You know, it takes work. It doesn't come natural. We actually have to train our mind to do it. We must remember who God is and what he has and will continue to do. We must understand that God never says he is not going to bring hard, fearful things into our lives. But we must remember that he is doing it for a purpose, to increase our faith. We must daily train ourselves to look to him. And in doing this, we will fight our sins of fear and we will practice faith. I have a wise daughter. Elizabeth is the mother of four small children. Her second daughter, Esther, is a strong-willed little girl. That's a nice way of saying that she is stubborn and sinful. But she's also very sweet. Beginning when Esther was one, she began to experience weird sensory issues. Her clothing, the material felt weird on her. Everything was too tight. And when these situations would occur, she would begin to cry or scream out. She was experiencing real fear about her situations. Yet often her fears led her to reactions that were sinful. And Elizabeth needed to deal with them as sin. Yet to this little one-year-old, these issues were real. And they brought about panic and fear into her life. When Esther would begin to sob, crying out because of her circumstances, Elizabeth would pick her up and she would hold her tight and she would begin to sing to her. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. And Lord, haste the day when the faith shall be sight, the clouds be rolled back as a scroll, the trump shall resound, and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. Esther is now two and a half, and when fear hits her, she comes to her mother and says, Hold me, peace, peace. Elizabeth has taught Esther that in the midst of her fear, she is to look to God who is in control and in him alone we can find peace. 
We have lived conditioning ourselves to react against what God is doing, to freeze in the midst of our circumstances, and to continue in sin. Just as Elizabeth has taught Esther a different response than what comes natural to her, we too can act on what we believe and learn to rest in who God is, to look through the circumstances and respond in holiness. This morning, I call you, stop living in fear. Look to the one that is in control because God's got this. Well, Cheryl calls us to act. Well, she calls us to trust that God's got this. And remember, she told us our actions are what will show whether we trust God. So what about you? What do your actions tell about you? When I'm struggling with fear, one of my go-to verses is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. It says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Cheryl tells us to take action and believe that God's got this. One great way to do this is prayer. I love this verse so much. The call is to not be anxious, not worry, not fear, but replace our anxiety with prayer. And the promise that God gives us in that verse, that the peace of God will guard our hearts and our minds. Honestly, that's where I struggle most with fear. It's in my mind and my heart. What a comfort to pray and know that God is guarding my heart and my mind and that God's got this. Don't forget that when your life is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.